Hi, I'm Bethany. I'm from the United States, and I'm a Coldplay fan. And welcome to Code Talks, the Coldplay Friends podcast. Here we are for another week, for another episode. Um, my name is Rodrigo. I'm your host for this podcast. And today we have Bethany here. She is from the United States. And she's a Coldplay fan for quite a long time. She has been a Coldplay fan for quite a long time. Uh, we met on Twitter and we met because of Coldplay Extra. And talking about Coldplay Extra... If you're listening to this episode that they got released, it means that yesterday I've made a live stream on Twitch with Coldplay Extra, which is available now if you wasn't able to watch it like on time. It is available now. It was a very nice talk about uh, the getting ready, about us getting ready for Latin American uh, leg of the Music of the Seas tour. And uh, it was a very fun talk. We have also Eliana from Colombia. She's the best. And Abby, of course, from Cold, from 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 Coldplay Extra. So it was a very nice talk. I really, um, I, I, I would, I think you really like to to see us talking. And I know um, there is something nice about live streams that you can actually see people's faces and their reactions while they talk. So yeah, it was a very nice talk, especially if you are from Latin America. So yeah, I think that was it. Before we actually go into the episode, I would just like to. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you don't do that already, please consider following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at CodeTalksPod in both of them. And following us also in the platform that you're listening to this podcast right now. We are on lots of platforms. We are on Spotify. We are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music. We're everywhere. And if you like the podcast, please consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pod. I think that's it. With that being said, we can go to the actual episode, to the actual conversation. So yeah, let's go. Bethany Code Talks right now. Okay, hello Bethany, how are you? Hi Rodrigo, I'm great, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty fine, I cannot believe this is working, like we spent 30 minutes trying to set things up, but yeah, here we yes, are. Yes, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. So Bethany, um, I have followed you on Twitter, like very recently actually. I discovered you because of, uh, of Coldplay Extra, and I'm, that's definitely one of the things that we're going to talk about now. But, and I imagine that just as I did, as I did discover you like a small time ago, I feel like we are like chatting since the very beginning of the, of Twitter itself. So why don't you introduce yourself to the people who probably have the same feeling, like who probably know yourself, but don't know your, your actual voice. This is the first time, but how do you introduce to them? Yeah. Um, well, well, thank you for saying that. And it probably does seem like I've kind of just appeared out of nowhere, which I kind of, I kind of have. Um, I just got Twitter about, uh, 
two months ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's when I started working with Culpa Extra. was about two months ago. Yeah. But I have been kind of lurking on Coldplay Twitter for much longer than that. So I kind of know who a lot of people are, are already. It sounds a little bit creepy, but yeah. So I, uh, I've been a Coldplay fan since about 2008, 2009. Um, I was never super active uh, in the, in the fandom online. Um, I was just kind of in and out, you know, reading the forums on Coldplaying seeing what was going on there, but never was a really active participant until about uh, the end of 2019, really when Everyday Life was released. I got involved with the Coldplay Discord server and from there have just grown to meet a lot more of the community and it's been super fun so far. Yeah, um, I I have been, I I am on on the the Discord server, but I, I don't know, Discord is a platform that I really think that it's like one of the best things human made, human beings have ever created, but I don't fit in there. I, I don't know. It's it's too complicated. <laughs> I feel like a boomer. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, I think that's it. And, and it has like notifications on my cell phone like all the time. And I'm, that makes me anxious. So I prefer not to, but I really like that. And I know that we have lots of people who are on the Coldplay um, Discord and on Coldplay Twitter. So... I mean, it's a very nice um, way of gathering people around. And uh, yeah, you said that you first discovered Coldplay like around 2008 or nine, And that's a very nice, like this is a very long time ago. Like tell a little, a little bit more about that. Like how was that? How did you come to meet with the band? Yeah, I mean, really at, at this point, it it feels kind of just inseparable from the trajectory of my entire life. I mean... Yeah. Loving this band yeah. since I was really about nine years old. It's been quite quite an interesting ride. I mean, I I wouldn't really consider myself to be, you know, the person I am today without them. Yeah. I've really I've I've grown up with them. So um yeah, I I can't remember the exact moment that I started becoming a huge fan of them, but I I vividly remember seeing the music video for lovers in japan on on vh1 <laughs> i don't know if you if you know the channel the channel vh1 they used to play music videos yeah. kind of like mtv yeah. um i think they they played music videos a little bit after mtv stopped playing music videos so i was a very avid watcher of of this channel just to see the music videos so I remember seeing this video and I was so intrigued. And ever since then, it's just kind of been yeah. <laughs> kind of been a cornerstone of my entire my entire life. Yeah. Can you say what was the moment that you say, oh, this those guys are like those are my favorite band. Like uh the they, they said this or this happened and boom, they're my favorite. Do you have like that memory or something like that? I don't know if I could put my finger on a specific moment, but I just fell in love with, with the music first and foremost. Yeah. I think I, I started with Viva and then I kind of worked from parachutes back up. Got it. Um, so it was very interesting discovering the music and then kind of putting it in perspective and just diving into watching 
all the YouTube videos, all the interviews, everything like that. So I think, I don't know if I can put my finger on a specific moment, but really it's, I mean, it's all about the music for me. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Like, I I like to ask this question because usually people struggle a little bit to answer it. And uh, I always like to, <laughs> to begin with the struggles because um, it's nice when you put yourself in the place of think, uh, rethinking your story with the band. Like, when you when you put yourself in a place of, ooh, what was like the first one? How, how was the beginning? And as you said, like, since it was a very long time, uh, especially with people who have been fans for such a long time, It means also to look at yourself back then, like look at yourself and see, oh, I was a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, like maybe, oh, I changed a little and that can be good or that can be bad. So it's such a nice movement for me, at least, to look back and see, oh, I have this, as you mentioned, like I have this story with this band, but I also have my own story that happened at the same time. And I can use that as a time marker for me to like see the, the the events in my life and they always have like a soundtrack made by Coldplay specifically for that moment. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. one of the best things of being a fan of a band that has been active for so long as well. So because we can follow our lives in the same path of them. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's very, that's very well said. So, um, before we begin, there is something that I used to do here, but I um, it, it has been like kind of a long time that I haven't done, so you will be the first one in the row. There is a small, like, quick bio here. You said that you met them for a long time. What's your favorite Coldplay song? Do you have one? Can I, can I say more than one? <laughs> of course, of course you can. All right. Uh, I'll say my, my top, my top few um my top few would be lovers in japan the gold rush magic and speed of sound <laughs> i didn't see the gold rush here i think it's the first time that i see the gold rush happening here can you say what is this an order specific order or you don't care about um time? no specific order got it yeah uh those are just those are just my some of my top few but yeah yeah I agree. but Again, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see the gold rush here. Like, this is something people usually don't know. Yeah, um, I'm uh, not trying to. I'm not trying to sound pretentious or contrary on purpose. I just, <laughs> I really love that song, and I don't really even have a particular reason why. I just, it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, and I love how it's just such a all hands on deck effort, yeah. and it's not. You know, it's not too serious. It's not, it's kind of just a spur of the moment thing, which just captures so much of the joy yeah. that the fun that they have with each other. And yeah. um, I don't know, I just, I just like it. It makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. There was a friend once that said uh, the gold rush is like the net piece, but from FIFA era. <laughs> and I was like, this, this, this is so wrong, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, <laughs> it's just them. Um, being them and joking around but on mm-hmm. parachutes where the the, the nappies they were like on their 20s and now they are under 40s or 30s with viva so they're grown a bit older they're a bit more mature so they're just making a song where they're literally laughing in studio and recording themselves that's genius i mean 
<laughs> that's that's such a nice experience. I'm sure there's a uh, a number of silly videos that yeah have never seen the light of day, yes. but the, you know they've just made goofing around. So yeah, yeah, I love those kind of videos, even when they're it's like small stuff. I remember when Coldplay got into TikTok that they make a video that is not available anymore. But thanks God, now we have the internet and then we capture that video for ourselves. Like, <laughs> that's such a great video. So it's, it's so nice to see yeah. them like, just being goofy and happy all around. Mm-hmm. Next question, what's your favorite album? Even harder, I know. I, for a while, I, I couldn't choose between Viva and Milo Xyloto. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think I'll... I'll claim both of those to be my favorites. Got it. Got it. Like it's a sequence. Like it's a very, mm-hmm. it's funny because I remember when, when Milo came out, it was a very, um, people saw it as a very different album from Viva, like a more bright and colorful album, which got some fans like away from the band. And, uh, how old were you? Do you remember how old were you when these albums got released? Uh, when Milo got released, I was 12. 12. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. Uh, we have a very close age and I have already had this conversation, this exact conversation with lots of people who have been here on the pod. And I remember that lots of people who were on that age by that time when this album came out tend to prefer Milo over Viva. And that seems to have like, this is pure, um, this is 100% out of my head. This is not like science. <laughs> Related or something like that, but it it's it's an album that talks so much about like being yourself and being free to do whatever you like, and uh, that I see this as a very like teenage album. So people, I remember Sophie, um, so like from 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 France, she has been here and she told exactly that like it was an album that came out. That's her favorite album, as she says, and. Um, and I remember that happens to me as well. Like this whole thing that happened back then um, when people were listening to the album and then they're saying, oh, this is too sugarish. This is too pop music for a Coldplay. This sucks. And I remember me like repeating those stuff just because everyone was saying, but and on the inside, I loved the record so much. Like it was so intense and and. So it's so fun to me now to look at this and say, oh, like, thank God I changed. Thank God I can see that right now and say, oof, I don't, I, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry if everyone is saying, oh, this is bad. I don't care. I just like it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a true feeling of freedom, you know? It is, yeah. And I think what's, I think what's interesting about Milo is that it, uh, we can kind of see it in a new context now. Yeah. Uh, if you've watched, if you've watched the Coldplay Extra, you know Chris and Johnny interview, which I hope you have by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know we can see it in a bit of a new context now because we now know that it's considered the part one to yeah. Headful of Dreams is part two, and I think it's interesting because it it really did start what was then continued with the Headful of. Of, of dreams, just the explosion of color and optimism. Uh, even though at times it's it's quite a sad album, actually. Yes. Um, Up in flame. Despite a lot of the 
you know, colorful visuals and, and, and sounds that come out of it. And in a way it kind of reminds me of, of, of ghost stories in the way that, you know, every teardrop is almost the sky full of stars yeah. of Milo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of sandwiched in between some, some sort of sadder moments, but um, yeah, I think, I don't know if, if it particularly resonated with me um, in specifically due to my adolescence, but I think it was just such a long time coming for me or, or I felt that it was since I had become a fan yeah. and it was the first new music that had yeah. been released since I yeah. became a fan. So it was just a, it was a really exciting moment and yeah, it, yeah. it just represented that for me. Yeah. I have this album in a very specific part of my heart, exactly because of the same reasons that you, that you said, like it was the first record that I listened like everything listened to everything since the first single when like when it got released i was there and i was not on twitter but seeing like the reactions of other people like in real time and uh so it, I, this is it's a very special thing for me like the fir- i remember the first thing that i uh have um a hundred percent of like memory of being released while i was a fan of the man was the Strawberry Swing music video. And then we got the Christmas lights and then Milo began. So it was like, it was like, I felt like I was getting ready for something and that something was Milo, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I was getting ready for it for like two years and then boom, like the explosion of color in in life. And the whole thing that you said about that as well, about Milo being this explosion of color in life, uh, in my perspective, like when I see Milo as part one and I have Flood Dreams as part two, I see that Milo is much more realistic sometimes than I have Flood Dreams because Milo's highlighter tends to have like very, very serious and conscious lyrics because like they have a song like Paradise, like the, the lyrics of Paradise are not the happiest. Like, you're talking about a girl that exists in a context of, uh, of, of like, limitations and um, um, a life that she always wanted to have, but she's only having now because, like, in my perspective, she was being grounded for that. And now when she dreams of Paradise, she actually leaves the Paradise that she's she has been dreaming. So... You see, yeah, we have this explosion of life and color and, and, and graffiti, but Milo is the, is the album that also shows the word as it is. Although we're talking about an alien community, as we're doing now with Music of the Sphere, like we had the whole um, comics, right, talking about... It's a very similar album from an experience in, like... If you compare it to what we're having now in music of this year, but um, mm-hmm. I tend to even prefer Milo over um, I Have a Lot of Dreams. That's not the, the conversation that I want to have here, but I tend to do that <laughs> because I'm going to be criticized on Twitter if I say that. But uh, I tend to prefer that because I tend to be a person that looks to things in the in the most 
realistic way possible, which is not always the, the most healthy thing to do. But that's what I usually do. And I feel like that this album, My Lozato, was Coldplay being exactly how I tend to be. You know, hey, like this is the world. We have the good part, we have the bad part, we have the nothing part, which is not good or bad. But we can actually choose to follow the good part. You know, it's an album that literally ends with like, I know one day good things are coming our way, which means that they probably are not coming now, but they are, they, but they will, they are coming away in the future. So it's an album that helped me so much to look to, for the future and, and to um, be um, there for the present, but also looking for the future all time. Yeah, I think, and and to kind of go off of that point, I think that Chris has said that some of their songs come from a viewpoint of outside looking inward, yeah. and some of them come from a viewpoint of inside looking outward. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of the albums do have a, a, a balance of both of those types of songs. Yeah. And I think for Milo particularly due to a lot of the storyline that goes with it and yeah. the concept and the characters that are, uh, you know, in a way being written about and written for, it, it can feel a bit uh, outside looking inward, you know, looking inward yeah. to who, who are these characters? What are their stories? Yeah. Whereas a head full of dreams, you can feel the, inside looking yeah. outward at the world wow th that was very nice yes. everglow up and up yeah. things like that yeah. so wow that, that was that was very nice never i never thought of it like that yeah when i have a lot of dreams we tend to be more straightforward like there are no characters or or characters that are used as a way of, of as a metaphor as we have on my Zalato, as we're having now on music of the spheres as well um, since now we don't have characters, we have planets that are kind of characters as well. But yeah, this is this is nice. This is and this is something that I usually um, we usually talk here on the pod as well. That is, some people, myself included, have I um kind of perspective that Coldplay since Parachutes and probably until the end, they're actually saying like they're releasing albums saying literally the same thing over and over again. And this is not bad at all, actually. Like they have exactly the same message, of course, in different um, boxes and different gift wrapped, but <laughs> they have like the same messages over and over again. And it's funny because as you said, and as I applied to myself, I have been a fan for a very long time, but I feel that only now this is clicking inside of me, you know? Like only now I can see mm -hmm. that if I listen to Parachutes, I'm going to have a song that says that I want to live my life and have friends around because we never change, do we? You know? So it's... And it's a very similar thing that they are saying, like, on Beautiful, for example, now in 2022. We have two songs 20 years apart saying the same thing from the same band. But they're two completely different songs and mm -hmm. are not at the same time. So 
it's nice that now Coldplay, I feel like they are being so clear about everything. Like they don't have to, they, they never had to hide. I'm airing quotation marks right now. But um, I feel that now they're so free to do literally whatever they want. They can put a very pop song with BTS and a 10 minute closer in the same album. And that's it. So like they're so free now that they can say that same thing, but in a very clear way and make us reinterpret like the first album with that perspective, with that lens, with those lens. And uh, yeah, I feel it's a great time to be a Coldplay fan. That's, that's what I'm trying to say this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and I have thought about this before as well, that you can follow that thread back, you know, yeah. like you said, once you kind of realize, oh, they've, they've been saying this the whole time. Yeah. These, you know, these philosophies of, you know, be yourself, be free. Um, there's a balance between the good and the bad in the world, you know. And like you said, it's it only becomes evident once, once you realize, and then you can follow that thread back. Yeah. And I think you're right that maybe before they were a bit embarrassed to say that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, or maybe they just weren't quite as forward enough about it. I think, I think their lyrics have always been quite, um, quite straightforward, Yeah. but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's really interesting and, and really special that you can kind of see how how that message evolves over time yeah. and and how it becomes more and more transparent with time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, if they were like shy or something like that uh, in the past. Maybe like this is 100% out of my head and I don't even um, want to be right talking about that. But maybe we can say that talking about those things are kind of cliche kind of um cringy sometimes you know like it's if you're the person who talks about love usually you're going to be the one like the people like oh okay yeah you know we know that everything is love and and believe in love yeah we know that so maybe 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 like that was the point like they were trying to say like oh how how to say those things without being the the hippie one but now they just embrace the hippie ones and they are singing about the hippie ones. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I think they do. Yeah. And that, I think that really, you know, it's, it's been developing more and more each album, but I think that really came uh, fully into play during a head full of dreams. That's, that's but as you're saying this, I'm reminded of the uh, everyday life press conference. Oh yeah. With uh, Carrie Brownstein asking, <laughs> let's face it people find you annoying yes <laughs> like yeah. i'm such a do-gooder i'm such a nice guy <laughs> yeah now that you're saying i'm i remember that recently people tried to like attack coldplay because of the the environmental stuff and saying oh you're just doing that for the numbers and the the spotlight and whatever bullshit they were trying to say and uh, I remember that they were kind of foreseeing that in that video, you know, like they they literally do not care. And I, I, I think that's so great. It's like, it's so mature. 
that's that's a part of me that when I see those things, my inner self says like, oh, I want to be like that when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I want to, yeah, I want to give this amount of energy to people that are trying to pull me back, and this other amount of energy to the people who are actually there with me. It's it, it, very difficult, though, right? I mean, it's easier yeah. said than done. You know, not not uh, wanting to immediately fight back at anyone who says you know something bad about you. They they don't like yeah. you. They don't like what you're doing. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, and it's nice because, like, as fans for a long time, or even now, like they said this on the the Half All Dreams movie, um, we know that this only came to what it is today because of lots of things that happened in the past. I mean, um, I remember on the movie that we have that scene that, that says, I, I think it was enemy or any other music or critics that says that Coldplay was a band for people who wet the bat. And mm, we can see you. that. <laughs> yeah. And we can see that in the movie, like how that affected them. And now, I'm pretty sure they would be laughing very hardly when, when they see that and that was it, you know. Alan McGee has since apologized, I believe, yeah. for that comment, like, 20 years later. Probably. But, or, or whatever, probably not. Who cares? But, yeah, <laughs> I hope that someone has already apologized. Or even, like, is just laughing together now, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it's something that they can look back and and laugh about and say that they learn from so yeah yeah that's very nice to moving forward um well when i have a guest here i like to research maybe talk a little bit like maybe be a little bit stalker uh, in a good way. <laughs> I'm not showing up at your door. I don't know where you live. But I noticed that you have like a very nice YouTube channel, by the way. That you it's a very recent one, if I'm not mistaken. But I can see that you are a musician, right? I uh, am, yes. And uh, well, before we actually begin here, when you when you when you enter the conversation, you were playing Colora Tour. So I mean. That is definitely something. Um, is there any connection between your music identity and your music definitions and Coldplay? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, well, I, I play a, a number of different instruments. My main instrument uh, I would consider to be piano. I've played piano since I was about five years old. Wow. And I... I grew up being uh, classically trained for piano uh, and then going into middle school and high school, I picked up guitar, bass, ukulele. Um, and then most recently I started um, playing drums. So. So you were a whole band. Yeah. You're like a yeah, band. A very bad one. If I had to do everything <laughs> myself, which is why I don't do that. But Got it. yeah, I, yeah. So I just, I, I really just play for fun. I play with my friends. I used to be in a band when I was in high school with some of my best friends and we used to play locally and yeah, I, I play Coldplay songs sometimes. Sometimes I play other songs Yeah. and yeah, it's just what I do for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see that you have some Coldplay covers and this kind of things. I think I remember seeing a, 
cover from uh, Speed of Sound on the drums, right? And, and this kind I of did, thing. yeah, I did do that one. It's nice because usually people who are um, Coldplay fans, usually, like, my case included, and some people who have been on the podcast, but they started playing because of Coldplay. And it's, like, mm-hmm. that's a very nice thing. I, that I think it's not your case, but I'm probably can can affirm that it has been a part of your life, musically speaking, as well. Um, but do you think that the, the, the perspective, the way that Coldplay do stuff interfered on the way that you try? I, are you a singer-songwriter or something like that, or just play? I don't write music. I, I just don't seem to have that special yeah. something in me for <laughs> yeah. songs to come through. It's- I mean... Once in a blue moon, <laughs> uh, maybe like a, a chord progression or, or something will come through, but not really. It's not, not, yeah, I would definitely not consider myself a, a yeah, songwriter by any means. Got it, got um, it. But yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I look up to them as musicians for sure. So yeah. I, and especially with learning drums, because oh. I'm self taught. With drums, I mean, I'm self-taught with most of my instruments, uh, all except piano, but particularly drums, because I'm around the same age, somewhat, that Will was when he started learning drums. Yeah. So I could kind of relate to that, just being, you know, all of a sudden put behind a drum kit (laughs) and having to learn the ropes quite quickly. Yeah. So I definitely look up to him and his playing. I think he's a fantastic musician. He also is a multi-instrumentalist. He can play like everything. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll basically learn how to play the drums just to enter Coldplay, right? Maybe you're the next member of Coldplay. Who knows? Uh, I hope not. (laughs) That would be a disaster. Well, everyone started a disaster. Maybe, like, why not? If even Homer <laughs> Simpson had its the way, its way on, on Coldplay, why not you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I ask you that because um, I see that it's very usual for us to have, like, the references, being songwriters or not. Um, it's very, um, it's a very, it's a different way to look at them when you are a musician. Not better yeah. or worse, but it's, it's different. Like, um, to look at them and, and and try to yeah try to think as they do as musicians i don't know if that happens to yeah. you but for them on guitar on the guitar chris uses lots of different tunings lots of different crazy tunings and i remember talking to kyle you know kyle from from atlas apart he has a very nice mm-hmm. uh keyboard channel on youtube as well and that was the thing like um it is nice for example when i'm when i when, when i when i Propose myself to learn how to play, I don't know, God put a smile upon your face on the guitar. And then I see that Coldplay has, Chris Martin has a very weird tuning that is only suitable for that song. And I see like, I feel like I am dressing myself as Chris Martin, you know, like that, that I'm not me anymore. I'm trying, I'm, I'm cosplaying Chris Martin for um, some minutes and trying to do exactly what he does. For then in the end, try a way to to do that myself but now a little bit better because it was not myself a few minutes ago I was Chris Martin (laughs) yeah so do do you I mean I know you're a musician as well right yeah so do you do you 
take that influence in your own music? Try and use, you know, pull from their book of tricks? What do you think? I don't know. Um, more into like electronics and this kind of thing. Not, not, not EDM, but I'm more into like beats and this kind of stuff. But I do that maybe as like a hobby or something, you know, like, oh, let's, I, I'm tired of being myself. I don't want to be myself anymore. I want to be Chris Martin for 30 minutes and play the guitar like he does, you know, and uh, yeah, or even like the piano, like he has a very specific way of playing. Like, um, maybe you can, <laughs> you can say it better than myself, but um, he, he plays in a very specific way. He, he moves, and that's something that I think it's very nice to see Coplay as a musician, especially Chris, Chris Martin, because, like, Chris Martin, when he plays piano, he's, of course, like, sitting down and those kind of things, but he plays with his whole entire body. And mm-hmm. I think it's so beautiful to see, like, him playing like that, because you can see that um, music is made with body and soul completely, like, he when when I see Chris Martin playing the piano, for example, I I see no barriers from his mind, what is happening to him, and, and his feelings when a, a specific song is being played, and his performance. I remember once. Remember? Do you remember when Chris Martin was on? I think it was American Idol. In the very beginning just, of just last year, just, yes, it was recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they played Harry Power for the first time, and mm-hmm. uh, on TV, and uh, there was a moment where Chris was mentoring the the kids, the folks that were playing, going to play their songs, and there was a moment where some folk there who was performing asked, like, "Okay, I'm holding a microphone with one hand. What do I do with the other? Do you remember that?" Yes. Do you remember what yes. he answered? I know exactly what moment you're talking about. And I think I think about that often. Don't you? Like, his answer was I love it. Yeah. so genuine. <laughs> I just specifically love when he was on American Idol just because <laughs> the interactions were so sweet and wholesome. Yeah, yeah. And I just loved him as a mentor. I think he did an amazing job. Of course, yeah. But I think about this. Ever since I heard this, I think about it when I watch him move on yes. stage yes. with his hands. Yes. <laughs> like if, if you who are listening for any reason doesn't know what we're talking about, basically he just said that, well, with one hand you hold your microphone and with the other you feel like you, you pretend that you're a bird. He said something like that. Like, and then that your other hand. People cannot see that, but yeah, I'm actually doing that is, with my hand. The other right hand now. is like a bird. Yeah. So um, he basically said that, oh, like try to feel like your other hand is a bird and it's just flying around like no, with nowhere specifically to go and just existing and fly and going. And yeah, when I, when I look at Chris Martin nowadays, specifically when he's just singing, he's not playing anything. I always look to his uh, left hand. And to see like what is and try to imagine what is going on inside his head and um, yeah, I mean it's so nice to see that I'm not the only one. Like I'm sometimes I think of myself <laughs> as a crazy person to do that, but things kind of not, <laughs> are not just crazy. Well, in crazy a way, alone. we're all crazy people. Yeah, but <laughs> that's okay. At least we're not alone, right? I also would like to talk a little bit about Coldplay Extra sure. today's Monday and we just 
uh, have just watched like the Coldplay Extra interview uh, with uh, Chris and Johnny. I think it was the first time that a group of fans got to ask them questions like publicly as, as a live stream event. And uh, that was very special for me in different, lots of hundreds of different ways. But before we actually got to talk about that, I'm, I'm precipitating myself. How was that for you, like to enter Coldplay Extra and being a part of the team? How, how was that? It was very exciting. Uh, like I said, I, I joined the Coldplay Extra team about two months ago. And it was funny because literally right before I joined, I think Frankfurt happened, which is when the whole thing kind of got started. Yeah. So it, it all kind of happened at the same time like the preparation for this interview and me joining. So it it was kept very, very top secret for about a month, (laughs) basically right up until a few days before the interview, just because like things were uncertain. So yeah, it was kept very, very top secret even after it had been completed. Um, but yeah, it was quite exciting yeah. just hearing about it and, and getting to watch it. Um, we, we watched uh, a rough cut a couple weeks before it, it aired yesterday and it was just so amazing and thrilling. And it just made me so proud to be involved with such an amazing team who yeah. I had really only just met uh, not long before, yeah. but yeah, uh, I mean, Ian does absolutely amazing work and so far. Couldn't be couldn't be better. Yeah, I mean, the folks from Coldplay Extra are so sweet. I mean, um, I remember when the podcast started and, and we I started, like, posting the first episodes, like, they came on Twitter and say, hey, I, like, this is, I recognize what you're doing. This is very nice. And it's nice that you uh, try to do, try and do something to make, to, to, to gather the community together and, um, yeah, I mean they're they're just so sweet and um, um actually on the day that this is I can I can tell this now but on the day that this is going to get released I'm actually on a live stream with Coldplay Extra um as well so I mean it's yes. it's it's a uh, um I might be seeing you there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is so <laughs> weird like we were talking about the oh no uh but yeah I mean wh- why am I saying that because I think the Coldplay Extra are such a nice place for you to go, you know, when you're lost in the community or, or they feel like a no, a kind of old friend that are there and um, have always some news to tell, always have something to say, always have a position to, to, to be and, and something relevant to say. And again, they, they do such an amazing job to keep the community together. And I mean, of course, that we are all here because of the band. Nobody's here because of Cold Talks. Nobody's here because of Coldplay Extra or Coldplay or Coldplay Discord. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, it's nice to see that we take care of ourselves as well. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. we have this community. We have friendships inside this community. We have families inside this community. And we literally. have literally <laughs> families. Some people literally. Yeah. <laughs> But we have like some people, and for me, Coldplay Extra are like one of the most important. But we have some people uh, to take care of, to make sure that oh, those people are together. 
I, it's nice to see them together. So this is so sweet. Yeah, of, that's, of, that's very sweet of you. you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. But um, how was it? Why did you feel like what? What? Um, what was the insight? Maybe, but um, I remember when they published that they wanted a new person, and why did you say, "Oh, that's maybe me"? <laughs> what was going on inside your head? You know, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I love the answer. I'm not quite sure why I decided to do that because it's that's actually pretty uncharacteristic for me. Um, I'm actually pretty shy in person, and I don't really like being the center of attention. Um, so I don't know why I applied to become a live stream host. I applied not thinking that I would be selected yeah but i just i kind of just did it very impulsively and i thought i might be able to do a good job of it and you know i had some you know i had some relevant sort of social media experience i had video production experience in the past so um and i like talking about coldplay so yeah. i thought that's good enough for me yeah. i hope i hope it's good enough for them and i ended up um doing a, a little application, a little interview and yeah, here I am. Yeah. So I, I just, I really respected what they did uh, as a team. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I knew who they were. I was familiar with their work and I just, I, I thought they were a really great organization. I was um, really impressed by the professional quality really of their, of their stuff. So I thought, you know, it would be amazing to be part of that. Yeah. So I just kind of went for it. I didn't really think about it too much. Yeah. I, I just kind of went for it. <laughs> it was the best and luckily thing. it worked out. Yeah, that was the best thing you did because, um, you know, in the end, it's just like people talking about their favorite bands and we can do that for hours and hours and hours. And that may be even a problem at exactly. like the time of that we cannot control talking about the band. So, um, yeah, you do the best of, of choices. Even though it was not maybe a choice, it was just an impulse. You did the best of the best that you you had to do because, um, yeah, it's it's again it's it's a very similar feeling that I have here in the pod. Like it's just people around talking about their favorite bands, and in the end, we can know each other better. Like I remember, like lots of people that I interviewed here, like the first time that I saw their faces was here, and some people who I have interacted like a lot on Twitter, a lot. But the first time that I actually humanized them, not as a Twitter handle, but as a human being, like that I can see in a screen, I know, but I can. It was here, and the same thing uh, happens in Coldplay. Actually, like, um, like now we're having like the, the live stream, and and for and we had like lots of streams when a different leg of the tour was, was beginning. Um, we, Coldplay actually do this kind of streaming of, of live streams, and. Um, So I think that job of humanizing both the band and the people and the fans, the hardcore fans as we are, we are now, <laughs> um, it's, it's for me such an amazing job because um, this whole fandom kind of stuff, this whole organization of being fans of something usually tends to like put people, ironically, sometimes tends to put people against each other like for the dumbest reasons like i think this is the best album no this one is the best album the end we have chaos 
So, uh, I mean, uh, it's nice to see that inside of our community, we have so many things happening that to say no to this, to humanize those people and say, like, it's okay if you hate a song or it's okay if you love a song. It's just a song at the end of the day. What matters is that we have a community. I have, like, endless experiences of days that I was, like, not feeling very well. And for that reason, like, maybe delayed an episode on Cold Talks and I posted, guys, delayed episode because I'm not, like, okay. And then have, like, a zillion of, of replies on Twitter saying, oh, get better, get well soon. Or even DMs, like, saying, if you want to talk, I am here. So, I mean, in, in, in the beginning, it was just for a band. But, again, it created a community, created, like, a group of people that actually care about each other and actually see each other. Like, I'm, I'm seeing Coldplay in the end of the month, of the next month, and I cannot even like realize that I'm going to meet people like we're going to be on the line together and uh it seems magical it's it's mm-hmm. in, in the have ways. you have you seen them before live no no Coldplay really no Coldplay, Coldplay? yes yeah. yeah no I have, I have okay I have I have watched them on on, on 2017 okay okay yeah I mean I, I always I always say you know if you go to a Coldplay concert you're gonna leave with more friends than you came in with yeah. always hundred percent of the time. And I think it's special, you know, as much as people like to argue over silly things on Twitter or whatever, you know, at the end of the day, we're all here for our favorite band. And it is really special, the connections that can come out of that. I felt, I felt like I was taught to believe that this, like that nothing that comes out of Twitter is good or something like that. Like I was taught to believe that it would be like, shallow and superficial and less important than lots of other things like what we have on twitter would be all of that because it was like online and uh, just because of a band who doesn't even know who you are which is not true by the way but um so i mean when in the end to see that this is real like in the materialization of the show like when you go to the show and see those people you know and see them, look them in the eye, and you go to an experience that just works because because everybody's there together, even the band. Like when the band puts a wristband in my arm and say, "Here, you are a part of the, the show as well. You need to work as well." <laughs> like they they put people to to ride bikes to make the show work. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this 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 could be very strange, but it it is not strange because. We are there for the whole same reason that it's have a good night and uh, make the the best of it, both the band and the audience and us, which are like the hardcore. I will always use that now because Chris, Chris said it so well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's just a nice um, feeling, and again, it's nice to see that we have a group of people trying to protect that. To, to make excuses for us to be together, even though we are online, but we are together online. And um, it's, it's nice to see that, like, that there are people making the maintenance, making that, mm-hmm. cleaning the engines for that to work. Yeah, I think, you know, that reminds me of what, what Chris said about, you know, the, the group of people that he saw at, at multiple shows yeah. in, the, in the U.S. leg multiple shows in a row and they were kind of like a a group of cheerleaders that were warming the crowd up. 
And I was just absolutely amazed at seeing the pictures of everybody on Twitter meeting up at, yeah. at, at shows, just yeah. the amount of people that had been brought together. It was just so heartwarming and, yeah. and amazing to see. And like at, at, at my show in Philly, I, I got to meet a few people and it was so special. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think just specifically during this tour and I mean, the only tour I really have to compare it to is, is the Milo Zalato tour because that's the only one I had ever been to before. But um, I think specifically for this tour, the audience does feel more a part of, of the show than ever before. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really special. And I think I got it, but can you say why do you feel that? I, I haven't been to the, to, both to the Milo tour and the music Sphere tour, which I'm going next month, but can you say why? I don't know if it's the flow of the show or the different sections of the show, the amount of songs they do on the B stage. Um, I think, I think the way that the wristbands have improved and evolved is something really big and really special. I think the bikes and the kinetic floors are really special where you can actually see the amount of energy being measured on the screen as you're jumping on the floors. Yeah. Did you jump on the kinetic floor? I did. Oh, I did. My legs hurt very badly the next day. Yeah, I, I admire that a lot because like I, I'm going to send in the lines for a few, in the queues for a few hours. And then in the before the actual show starts, I'm not going to jump Coldplay. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I'm old. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. You should do no. it. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm afraid if I leave like the, the place that I am and go jump, I will, I will lose the place that I am. I don't know. We'll discover that on October 18th. I say go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's see, let's see. <laughs> and the bike, did you buy? I did, I did for a little bit. Yeah, the bikes are quite fun. You basically powered the whole show. I did, I, I did a little bit of everything. I won't take credit for the whole show, but I did a, <laughs> I did a little bit of both beforehand and it was it was very fun. You know, not only the, the wristbands, the effects, all the, the, you know, the sustainable energy producing stuff, but I think just the interaction between the band and the crowd and the songs specifically from music of spheres. It's just such a message of togetherness that I I don't know. It's just, you just have to experience it. I mean, you'll you'll see next month. You'll see next month. What I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't gotten it already from, (laughs) from the videos and, and people's reactions. Yeah. You just have to really experience it in person. I, I can truly say that the videos are not there. Even if they're the best videos, like I'm I can say that for the Half Full Dream Store that I have been, you know, I, I, I have been to the Half Full Dream Store in the very end, uh in the, the last leg here the, on South America where they did the films and this kind of thing. So it was literally the end of the tour. So I knew like the set list from beginning to end. I knew everything. I remember when Chris said, like, everybody go low on, I have, on, on, on Adventure of a Lifetime. And people where I was were not understanding that we should, like, go down. And I was saying, like, shouting, like, go low, please. Like, let, let me leave this as well. Let's leave this together as well. And um, 
So I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that he was going to say, like, everybody go low. And then he would say, one, two, one, two, three, go. And then boom. Believing that, like, being there, even though I was very far from the stage, it's totally different. Yellow, I remember when the, the song started, like, with just Chris and the guitar. It was, like, so soothing and, like, so... When the rest of the band came in, I literally felt the ground shaking. I literally felt like I was not going to get out of there alive because I felt like the whole thing was going to break. And, you know, I mean, that is priceless. And you, you cannot see that through a video. I mean, even the best one. It's nice that people record it. It's nice that I have this on a DVD now that I can watch the concert that I've been that I attended in in my TV. That's amazing, but that's thirty percent of being there, and I'm very glad that I can say that actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I, I agree. I mean, and it's something to be said that as amazing as those videos are, even just to watch them. Like, Live in Buenos Aires, as amazing as, like, it is to watch the live footage, it's about 10 times more amazing to be there, which is really saying something for what the experience is actually like. Exactly, exactly. Actually, our last topic was going to be the live concerts. Usually, I tend to finish with the live concerts. And there is something that I needed to ask. I'm actually getting a bit nervous to ask that because... This is something that I wanted to bring here in a pod for a very long time, but did you miss Coloratura? It feels like I'm talking about like something that it like shouldn't be spoken. Like you, you cannot talk about that. But yeah. that's the only thing that I can think about, being very honest. Like <laughs> the forbidden topic. The forbidden topic. <laughs> um, did I miss did I miss it in what way? I don't know. I mean I got, you mean at my show? Yeah, but not only. Yeah, I mean, it's because I see lots of people saying that, yeah, it's not, um, I would prefer that this concert, this song, sorry, was on the concert, but there, it wasn't missed. It wasn't like a bad thing that that song wasn't there. Like in the moment that I was there in the concert, I didn't miss the song. I truly can see that happening. But I cannot at the same time because it was a song that since the day got released, and I have this recorded here in the pod in the first episode with Brooke, you cannot let me lie, we were talking about the fact that we wondered why, we we wondered how, sorry, this song was going to be performed live because it seemed impossible. And then they did it, they played it live, but then they stepped back and said, no, we're not going to play it live anymore. So... Lots of things happen. And I need to say something before. Like, I feel very lucky to be fan of a band that when this happens, we grow a hashtag on you on Twitter. They see that. They try and play the song. And just after that, just after listening to us, they say, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, but we can't. For whatever reason. So I feel so... And I don't even question... I, like. The my our point was please listen to us and they did as they always do, so I mean I feel a hundred percent fulfilled by that. That's a fact. But there's this other thing like how is there like 
being there. How did you feel it? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I really enjoyed the way that the, the set list went for, for, um, for the U.S. leg. I thought the flow was great. The energy was kept up the whole time. Um, I personally didn't miss Coloratura. Um, sorry. Sorry, guys, that are diehard, play it live. Um, you know, I, I think the times that it was played live, it, it was amazing. I, I liked it. I thought it sounded great live. The performances were great that they did. And, you know, I think, like you said, it became quite the topic of conversation yeah. on Twitter. And, you know, they did listen. I mean, they're always... They're always listening. They're always seeing what's going on on Twitter. You know, just be aware of that. <laughs> you know, they do see what's going on. They do see what's yes. being said. They do take it into consideration. Um, so, and that's great. I mean, we are lucky to have that. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think for what it is, it's an amazing piece of music. It's an amazing song hearing it live just on the recordings of the performances that they did do was amazing. Yeah. Um, will it be played live in the future? I don't know, but I think for the, for the stadium shows that we're getting now, uh, I, I just don't think it really has a place there oh. and I'm perfectly fine with that. that that's nice. That's not, that's a nice thing to hear actually, because in the beginning I feel people felt like like they were taking it out because i don't know why but they I, i think people felt like they were being like betrayed like they released the perfect closer this is a a, a a tweet i remember seeing that on twitter like they released the perfect closer and then they and then they don't play it and i mean just because it's a great album closer doesn't mean it's going to be a great show closer yeah that's what i was going to say it's a different uh, it's a different different place different time you know yeah. But I mean, it's very nice that you say that it it, it was it was it had nothing to do with the the show experience. You know, it was as great as because I I think that especially back then, like I avoided talking about that on the podcast when it happened. Um, but now, like seeing it like after the, the chaos and the mess that it became, Twitter back then, I see that especially because it was in the very beginning of the tour. We didn't know many things. Even they didn't know everything about the tour. And um, you know what? In the end, I think that the, um, the results are very positive. You know, like it was nice to have an experience of saying something to the band that I, as a fan, that people as fans wanted. And they say, okay, we will try. We'll try because of that. We'll try because of you, the fan. It was so nice to see that. And I remember that people, myself included on Twitter, exactly when they started replying, Phil started replying that, we said, okay, that's not a topic anymore. You listened to us. I felt heard. They tried. And that's it. You know, that, yeah, was, that was very nice. Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 is, it is special. I mean... They they do take care of us. They yeah. they do watch. They do listen. Yeah. Um, they they have a great relationship with us as fans. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely give them credit for that. Yes. 
Bethany, going close to the, the actual end of our conversation, I usually finish talking about the live shows, but there was, a, there was such a natural upbringing to this topic here that I feel like we should end in another way that it's other thing that I usually like to ask the guests. Do you have any kind of Coldplay theory or, or feelings about the future? I mean, do you have anything that um, you want or you feel that it's going to happen? We have a schedule. We know that we have a schedule. Thank you, Coldplay Extra. But um, inside of that, inside a schedule, do you see something? Do you um, hope for something specific? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just at this point, I'm I'm kind of just trusting. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm I'm trusting that, you know, they are on schedule. Like they said, they are for at least the next album. Yeah. Um, but we all know that could you know, that could very well change. Uh, there could be some uh, unforeseen circumstances, but you know, we'll see. Um, and so, yeah, at, at this point we kind of know what's coming up. We kind of know what we've got left as far as, as albums and releases go. Um, we kind of know how touring is going to be at least for the next couple of years. So at this point I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just leaving it to them. I'm just trusting and uh, trying to be patient, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, again, it's it's so nice to have a band, to be a fan of a band that we can feel that we can trust. I, 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 feel, I feel that I I am in a level of my venomness that even if they release something that I think it's not the best, for whatever reason... I will feel glad just because they're there and they're existing and they're playing and they're doing what they're supposed to do. So I think that's a great level of trust. Uh, and that it's, it's a level of trust that I feel that everybody should have or try to have because um, I, think, I think when you have that level of trust, everything is a surprise, you know? Like everything turns out to be more exciting and... Uh, because you see them you see them cooking what what's going to happen and then when it happens you say oh that was the thing that those boys that i love those people that i love was they were that was the thing that they were preparing not necessarily for me but you know or for the fans but this is how they are presenting them they they are comfortable to present themselves publicly now and that's what it matters and This is beautiful. That's another word that there isn't another word. It's just beautiful. There is a, in terms of releases, you know, like, like I said, we, we kind of know what's coming down the line. Uh, there is one thing though, that we can now clown over, which is the X and Y edited version Ooh, okay. <laughs> slash remake slash director's cut. That is shorter. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Are you, what about you? What do you think? Are you optimistic that that will ever see the light of day? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have to be like, I, I see no other <laughs> options. Yeah. I, I don't see why not actually. I don't see why not be happy with whatever they have to, to do. I mean, 
I, I have been like following the releases for a long time and they have never left me down, even in the albums that are not like my favorites. So why not? Um, but when you mentioned like this thing of the, uh, half, the of the, the X and Y 2.0, that's, that's unimaginable for me. My X and Y is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I never actually got what the band, what is the problem here that the band always says. And I understand the process that probably was not the greatest, but as a, as a listener, I tend to say that like as a listener, we will never have the idea of the song as a musician because for the musician, for the, for them, each and every of their song is a process. It's not a song. You know what I mean? Like it's a piece of history. It's not a song, just a song. So, <coughs> sorry. So we'll never have that. We'll never have that perspective. That being said, I cannot see what's the problem of X and Y, but I would feel very happy to see this different version, this director's guy, if Will's, if, if Will allows it, if he allows it to happen. But um, yeah, that's something that even for the first time we got in contact with that piece of information that that was a possibility, something that they chatted about that Chris had on his computer. Ever since that day, I was like, okay, I need to see that. I need to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to as well. Yeah. Definitely. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And for the next album as well, um, I'm receptive for whatever they have to do. Whatever they feel that they need to do. I mean, there was once that they said that this last self-titled album would be something more like Back to Basics and something like that. I would love to see that. I won't lie. But at the same time, if they changed their mind and decided to do something that they never did, I'm also receptive. Like I'm also yeah, it's it's that. happened before. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. And it's also nice to see that this whole schedule thing is not actually a schedule. They said that on the on the Coldplay Extra interview, like they have a plan, but that's it. If they if this plan has to change. For any reason, for maybe a pandemic that happened and like and changed the plans of everyone, you know, like if this has to change, not saying that I hope that we have another pandemic, God no, but I mean, um, if this has to change, okay, I feel free and I and I feel happy that they are okay with the change as well. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a level of trust that nothing scares me anymore. You know, I, I, it, nothing nothing is, is a big deal. I just want it to be as light as possible for them and for us, especially for them now. They're old, in the best way possible. They're old. They 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 have worked a lot for more than twenty years. Let the guys do what they want to do, because they never fade on doing. Yeah, that. there you go. Bethany, thank you so very much. We're here for such a long time. Like, I mean, we have one hour of episode, but one hour and a half here because of all the problems that we had in the beginning. 
So oh, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, I'm sorry again, but thank you very much. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we leave? Or um, well, I I, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me on. This has been very fun. Yeah. And um, you do awesome stuff. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. And um, before I go, I'm just gonna quickly plug um, Coldplay Extra Live. Um, <laughs> if you guys aren't following us on Twitch. Um, and if you appreciate our content, please give us a follow, give us a subscribe. If you'd like, if you have Amazon prime, it's free. Um, you can, you know, if you choose to support us, 10%, uh, will go to sustainability initiatives. Um, and if you don't want to, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. I, I reinforce that guy, like Coldplay Extra. If you, if you happen to not know what Coldplay Extra is, and even after everything that we talked about Coldplay Extra, didn't uh, search for that as well, go do that now, right? We'll probably have links on the description of the podcast for everything Coldplay Extra related as well. So yeah, it's it's the best thing you do if you are a Coldplay fan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Oof, I, I, I smashed the pop filter of a microphone. Thank you very much. <laughs> For being here uh, again, sorry for all the delays. I hope that you feel home here. I hope that you feel free to come back as many times as you want and as many times as it is possible. And yeah, it's nice to see you and not only your Twitter handle. It's always nice to see people not their Twitter handles. So thank you very much. See you later and yeah, bye bye. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thank you so much for listening to Go Talks. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Rodrigo Saminis. I also made the soundtrack of the show, which is original since season two. Graphic design is made by Luis Eduardo Pinheiro. I ask you please to rate the podcast and follow us in the platform that you're listening to. It helps us a lot. Also, if you like Talks and want to support the show, please consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pod to donate whatever you want. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. P-O-D. Thank you very much and see you next week.